Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot, who every morning when he gets out of bed dances like Mark Bergeron celebrating going to the Stanley Cup final. He's NHL veteran defenseman Mark Mathot. Uh, Mark, this is episode 30 of the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford, by the way. Uh, head in today and check out their new BFC lineup of custom vehicles on F-150s, Mustangs, Rangers. Uh, you and I were there last night on Thursday just to check it out. They had an event. The Mustang Club stopped by. Great time. Uh, I had free hot dogs. You didn't have any, but I ate yours. Uh, it was all. It was, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, it was. It was fun. And the weather was beautiful, and we got to meet a few people and their cool uh, convertible Mustangs that they brought in, a couple really old beauties, too. And it was a nice event run by the dealership. So, I didn't have any hot dogs. I don't think they were ready when I was hanging out. You must have stuck around for a little while when I left. I'm a man of the people, so I stayed there for an extra hour. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a lot of show to talk about today. And first, we'll talk about the guest who's coming on. That is Zach Smith, one of the best time, best players in Senator history, one of the longtime senators. Uh, he's played over a decade with Ottawa. That interview brought to you by Whitewater Brewery, but perhaps something you're not aware of, but I know meth is. They recently launched Whitewater Distillery. They make an amazing artisanal gin Called Paperboat Gin. Find it at your local LCBO in Ottawa and the Ottawa Valley. Might be a few of those tonight, Matt. Um, hmm. We also have Three for Three presented by Faces Magazine. And Trivial Trivia is back with a Bonesaw prize pack. But now for the headlines. Built by BonisherExcavating.com. They're just a call away from your aggregate needs. Topsoil, sand, stone, plus paving, hydrovac, and heavy equipment needs. Call them. 613-432-1120. BonisherExcavating.com. Let's get to it, Matt. Keep calm and carry on. Montreal advances to the Stanley Cup final. A Beauvillier ending to the series. OT winner forces Game 7 tonight in Tampa. Number three, crumbling foundation. The Sens charity in disarray. Four, can't we all get along? Matt, I want to know who your favorite teammate was that you played with or the one that everybody seemed to always like in the room. Uh, number five, Battle of the Network Stars. Mark Messier is going up against his former teammate in Wayne Gretzky as they are now analysts in the new TV deals in the U.S. All right, first, let's just get to it. Montreal is advancing to the cup final. I think it's on the back of, obviously, Carey Price, but boy, what a series that was. Oh, man, it was incredible. And for me, uh, I think like a lot of people heading into this series, we all had our doubts with Montreal, right? I mean, I think yeah. that, that's safe to say. And uh, just based off of the way they've responded, in the later stage of this series and the way they kind of just found their game um, was, was nothing short of incredible. And I think a lot of people are, and myself included, are starting to become a bit of a bandwagon fan. Now I'm hopping on um, just, uh, just seeing an original six team now involved in the Stanley cup final uh, Montreal with the passionate fan base that they have, you could see the streets were flooded around the bell center last night. 
after the win with all the fireworks. It was just a great scene. And, and, and you know, the emotion and passion that resonates from Bergevin down the lineup into those players that have been put in the work here um, has been something that's been relatively easy for me, at least, to cheer for. And, and I'm, I'm excited for them. Okay, I don't want to go off topic too much, but one that bugs me, and you talked about the scene outside. I'm okay with the partying. I'm tired of just the rioting and that stupid vandalism that happens when there's a party. Yeah. And it, right? I just don't get it. Like, why do you got to torture everything? Well, how much? Just because well, there wasn't. Was there? A, was there a lot of that last night? I only saw 15 arrests. So, in the grand scheme of things, when there's what? around 40, you went to a sporting event. You shouldn't be getting arrested. I know. Well, yeah, but but right. let's be honest. I, how many? I, I just those, don't see how, the point to it. I know, but I mean, a lot of these people that are getting arrested not, aren't necessarily always fans, right? Fair, you're always going to get the. But it always going to get shit disturbers. It always draws people in, and then they think it's acceptable, and then they just continue on. Anyway, move on. I will get to what I wanted to say, and that is uh, Cole Caulfield. At the beginning of the playoffs, they didn't want to play him, and now I don't know how you don't have him in your lineup and playing almost 25 minutes a night. Like, that yeah. kid flat out can play. Yeah, and, and but you can't blame the team for doing it. Okay, they had him, they sat him for that first game. They were trying to go for a little more experience. You're going to give your veterans an opportunity to see if they can produce. Didn't work. So they shuffle the lineup a little bit, add a couple of young players, and those guys flourish, and they're doing great. And Caulfield is a perfect example. So for me, it played out perfectly. It almost gave him an opportunity to see what the play was like from up top. He gets into the lineup, and he's a game changer. So uh, he's a player, though, and there's no question now. Seeing him excel in these big games, he's got some swagger. We saw him dressed up for the game, heading in there with a little fedora on his head. As a rookie, that's pretty bold. And, and I respect it. I like it. I think it's great. And, uh, and again, uh, pleasure to watch. The speed and the skill set that he has with that speed is, is nothing short of, of special. And being able to do it at that age, no less, for me, uh, I mean, moving forward now, this is going to be a fun little battle with Ottawa, I believe, over the next couple of years with the emergence of these young players in Montreal. Could Braden McNabb have played that goal any differently as an NHL defenseman? I mean, Caulfield's coming down with a lot of speed, right? Yeah. So, uh, and he goes, he goes over the, just over the shoulder. It's a nice shot, nice finish. And he's just electric. It's hard to defend against. Almost kind of like McDavid in that the best thing you can do is just skate straight backwards, force him to try to shoot through you. Perhaps you're going to screen your goalie a little bit, but at least you're keeping him in front of you and he's not getting around and alone with a goaltender. But again, really special players like that find a way to get to get goals and find a way to create opportunities for themselves. And he's able to do that. So if, if it's me, I'm skating straight back and I'm respecting his speed and I'm not going to try to jump him too quickly. But again, it's easy to say that when you're watching it from a television set. Uh, two of my favorite things I think about last night. One is Mark Bergevin clearly being in the moment and celebrating. And, and you can't blame him. They're going to the Stanley Cup final after all the stuff yeah. he went through at the beginning of the year and everybody wanted him gone. Uh, but the other one, Philip Deneau has always eaten a slice of pizza at the podium after each elimination. <laughs> and he had Cole Caulfield with him, and he brought Cole Caulfield a piece of pizza. And yeah. Caulfield is giggling like a 12-year-old on this on the stage. And you can feel just this honest energy around it, sure. around it all. And that's the thing I think I like the most about what's happening is just all these guys now just start to try and live in the moment. Can, like, yeah, and when, do you, when do you allow yourself to live in that moment? I mean, as soon as the round ends, right? And, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. I like being, like, obviously maybe not to, to the degree that a major league baseball team would do where they basically have a huge party after every <laughs> little series that they have. Hockey's different. You know, it's a little more physical, so you can't, you can't put all that champagne in your body between rounds. But 
uh, you're allowed to celebrate and enjoy the moment. That's the whole point of this process, right? You can't be robotic the entire way. It takes the fun out of the game. Um, love the pizza after the game as a player. After a big win, there's nothing better than having a slice. I can relate to that. Uh, and again, I, you mentioned it, Wally, the chemistry between these players is, is crazy. And it, it's fun to watch. And it, it almost humanizes the players even more, right? So as a fan, especially a Montreal fan, we can relate with Ottawa and the young group that we have here in town. You, you just appreciate it more when you can see them and the interactions that they're having among each other. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this final. We're going to have to wait and see how this plays out tonight, of course. But uh, again, Montreal deserves every bit of victory that they've that they've tasted so far. And I'm hoping that they can make a little noise and make a real series out of this final moving forward. I know you know Shea Weber and Carey Price well, and uh, you now get to see them play in their very first Stanley Cup final. That's yeah. got to be pretty exciting just for those guys to finally have reached this. I'll even call it the mountaintop, if you will. Like they're now in a Stanley Cup final, which is, I think, all you want as a player if you're not like, other than winning a Stanley Cup, obviously, but you just want to have the chance to compete for one. Yeah, and, and this is a good example of how long this process can take, and it's never guaranteed either, right? So, yeah. I mean, you've got two players now that finally have an opportunity to win a cup, and they deserve it. They've been catalysts in, in this group, and they've been, quite frankly, some of the best players on their respective hockey clubs for the, their entire career. So, for Shea especially, he's had a really long road, obviously Carey as well, but uh, really happy for both of them. They've got a great opportunity here. And really, in my opinion, they're in the driver's seat because of all the experience they have in that club. They've got players that have been there before and players like Corey Perry that can really help lead forward with this group. They know what it takes and they're leading by example. So they're, they're in a really good spot here. And for me, the way they've been playing so tight defensively, you look at that big four they have on the back end. Yeah. Edmondson played 28 plus minutes last night. He led the decor in, 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 in time on ice. Between those four right now, and if they can remain healthy, Petrie, you know, thankfully for Montreal's group, has managed to come back in the series and make a difference. If that big four can continue on, remain healthy and play well, and Carey Price can continue to, to play pretty solid on that back end, that group will have every bit of an opportunity here to win the Stanley Cup. I feel like we could do a whole show in this series, but I two things I want to point in. One is, what did you think of Vegas and what happened? They, like, to me, their four groups seem slow. I don't know if they're hurt, and I, and I know you haven't talked to Mark Stone and asked him during right. the series, but like they just seem slow, and I don't know if it's through the middle because they didn't have the depth. Whatever it yeah. was, there was something missing with Vegas in the way that they could handle speed. Yeah, and, and as we all know, usually within that first week or at least after the exit meetings when the dust settles and a team loses, you'll generally hear about all the injuries that, that end up coming out for the medical staff, and I'm sure some of them have been playing injured. It, it happens on every team. It's just part of the, the long road to win a Stanley Cup. And, um, you know, they were snake bitten for sure. I don't know if Stoney was actually injured. Um, it sounded like he was pretty candid about and honest after the game about what had happened and how he had, you know, hit a cold spot here and just wasn't working for him. And I think a lot of this, let's be honest, let's look at Montreal and what Phil Deneau has been able to do over these last three rounds. And the players... Yeah that he has shut down along the way. Stone, Pacioretty, those are just two more victims of Phil Deneau and Gallagher and Lekkinen's line and the way that they've been able to overwhelm teams defensively and play with a ton of energy and speed and prevent them from producing offensively. So, I mean, we can talk about Vegas' struggles, but at what point do we start giving Montreal props for the job they're doing defensively? And I honestly think now's time to have that conversation. And so, and last point on this one is... Uh... At the beginning of the year, you were very high in Montreal, and you said they had built it right. Their, their depth on the blue line was very good. 
yeah. then the, the season seemed to get away from them. They fired coach yeah. Claude Julian. Everybody now questioned Mark Bergevin, what he was doing. He brings in Corey Perry at the beginning of the year. He brings in Eric Stahl during the trade deadline. But people still weren't happy. Is this where you have to – we go through this every year. It's time just to preach a little bit of patience when it comes to letting these teams try and find their way, is it not? Sure. Everybody's like, no, no, you're not winning this week. you got to fire everybody. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, I love that you bring that up, Wally, because I think as fans we get so passionate and we expect results right away, especially yes. when we're told that a team's going to do well, obviously. But really, Montreal's a prime example of just letting the process play out. And, of course – like any Stanley Cup winner, for the most part, you need a little bit of luck around the way. You need the bounces. It's not just going to come from skill and hard work. You need to be a little fortunate as well. Of course, Montreal has been a little bit fortunate. They've had some breaks with suspensions in the last rounds and injuries in the first. But you know what? Good to be lucky, lucky to be good. And I honestly believe that statement. And Montreal's a good, a good example of that, where they've held strong and firmly on this process. Bergevin has now wavered from it. And I'm honestly happy for him. I think you could agree with me there. Yeah. Wally. When I see him smiling in the press box and celebrating, I can't help but want to join him in that because, you know, he's taken his fair share of criticism, as you mentioned. And, and of course, it must feel so good for him now waking up this morning, knowing that he can get out of bed, stretch, have a nice sigh of relief and know that his team is finally in the big show. They're there. And really, I mean, what an opportunity for this club. I, I'm, I'm envious. I really am. And it was fun to watch him on the bench, try to get all the other players onto the ice to get into the team photo. And like, yeah. there's so much energy surrounding and it starts at the top and it always does trickle down. Uh, Mark Bergevin deserves a huge round of applause, if you will, and some stick taps as they get sure. to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, number two, we're moving on. A Beauvillier ending to the series. This is the best headline <laughs> I can come up with. Uh, OT winner forces game seven tonight in Tampa. Interesting. Like, did you see that the Islanders were going to be able to come back after losing 8 nothing, and then they're down 2 nothing in game six, and it doesn't look like things are going well. Well, you know what? And it's we talked about it a little bit, Wally, where, and I said this firmly going into the yeah. game about Montreal, it's all about matchups. At this point in time, in the playoffs, a lot of parity. These teams, in their own rights, are very good. Different, but both very, very good. And Islanders get pumped in game, game five. Doesn't go very well. It's in Tampa. Then they go back to the island, play at the Coliseum. It's rocking. They get the Barry Trotz. Coaches a very defensive style, a lot like Luke right now in Montreal. They get their matchups at home. They get the win. Obviously in dramatic fashion, but a win is a win. Now they're going to go back to Tampa, where we don't know where Kucherov is at as far as injury goes. i got to assume he's not playing. Uh, that's a huge, huge hit. However... I feel like you could just fill in Braden Point, and right away you've got another high-end player that can fill in in, in that in that regard. But uh, I still think Tampa's got a big advantage here. They get their last change. They get the matchups they want out there. They're a very high offensive team. I, I, I would like to see a good game. I'd like to see a tight yeah. one. But based off the numbers, if you're going to ask me who I believe has nope, a better I, opportunity I, tonight, I'm not you don't want to ask me that. Right now. Okay, well, well nope, we're talking about the game. I'm just going to say this. I do like the, the opportunity that Tampa has here. It's in their favor uh, only because they're going to get this last change. Barry Trotz is going to have to adjust. But again, you could argue that it's a coin flip. Uh, but I do think Tampa has the edge. That will all come up uh, in sports interaction segment later in the show about your picks and who's going to win the series tonight. All right, uh, number three, crumbling foundation, Okay, The Sens have I know, put on pause there. Uh, foundation for the summer and now it looks like it's a cost-cutting measure 
this is an ultimate PR disaster. One is the amount of goodwill your charity brings to your organization through the community, and especially in the summer when there's lots of events and there's barbecues and there's all kinds of things going on. You need this in your community. And for what they've done, and now to, to pause this makes zero sense to me. I, I, I just wish that they could get ahead of themselves and stay out of their almost their own way and try to figure out a way to connect to the community because they don't have that connection right now. And now once they sell, they separated from the foundation already, they brought a new one in and now they've already shut it down within a year. I just, I, I need this team and the organization front office to try and not start PR disasters every summer that this comes around. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell season tickets and they need to continue the momentum they have from on ice off it. And they just can't seem to get out of their own way. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough because as you know, Wally, there's a lot of good people that work in that organization. Yes. And, and so when you see something like this happen, obviously not the best look in the world. Um, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on within the front office right now, but I know that uh, as far as the foundation goes, it's an integral part of the team, as we all know, and I've had, ton, I've had the opportunity to do a ton of work for them as well. I'd love to be more involved, um, but in any case, um, you know, and, and losing a guy like Chris Phillips and, of course, with Brad Weir, who I had a ton of respect for, I got to work with them a little bit during the winter. We did a little toy drive over, at, uh, over in Canada at the arena. So, um, again, it's a loss for sure. Not a great look. Uh, you got to hope that they'll bounce back at some point, but you never want to have bad faith, especially when it comes to the charity. Uh, and foundations across the NHL are, are huge. They're incredibly important. And having the alumni Absolutely. involved is just as important, right? Because those are the guys, the ambassadors of the team, um, you know, the, the, the face of the team, especially in the off seasons, when all the other current players are gone and you want to run little events yes. and have the alumni involved. That's really what it comes down to. And that's the thing. So now you've lost Daniel Alfredson, who's, who left under negative circumstances, who's a fr franchise's greatest player. Chris Phillips, again, two players who had their numbers retired and are revered in this community are now out the yeah. door of the Ottawa Senators organization, and they don't have a strong relationship with their former past players. And it, like, I just, I yeah. don't understand how they can't get behind it. Uh, there'll yeah. be more to that come along. But the, the fact that Chris Phillips no longer is part of the organization is just another huge blow, I think, to this, this city. You need these guys in your community. I, and I also say you need these guys around your dressing room. You need to feel the past. Look at Detroit. They have locker stalls with like Gordy Howe and Ted Lindsay yeah. and all these players just in the locker room. So you feel that sense of pride and all that yeah. history that comes with it. They got to do a better job. Okay. Uh, all right. Number four, can't we get along? Maybe I should just left that at number three. Um, but who's the most like teammate you've ever played? We have Zach. The reason I brought this up, we have Zach Smith coming up on the show and I, no one ever had a bad thing to say about Zach Smith. He was well-liked. He's, I think Colin White has become the new Zach Smith where everybody tries to just gravitate towards him. Who is it, I guess, that you've been around that would be the most liked teammate? Oh, that's a tough one. And I hate singling out a player when I'm sure I've all have missed plenty more. <laughs> um, but I've had the pleasure of playing with a lot of great players, a lot of yeah. really nice guys off the ice. Uh, Jakob Borachek, when I was in Dallas, or it was, I was in uh, Columbus, was a beauty, always the brunt of jokes. He's the kind of guy that would, in his rookie year, <laughs> just go on a one-day road trip with a toothbrush in his side pocket, brought nothing else with him but a suit on him. And we'd always get a kick out of that. And the toothbrush was something that looked like you'd clean a toilet bowl with. Um, and, and so, but he would take it like a champ, you know, the guy that you could make fun of and have fun with. And, and, uh, and you know, he wouldn't turn on you. He'd just absorb it, laugh it off, and move on. 
Uh, Zach Smith, another really, a really great guy who you could have fun with and, and tease a little bit. And he would dish it out too. Uh, but of course, those always seem to be the guys that, oddly enough, would remain in those organizations for a long time. No coincidence. So it does pay to be a good teammate, a positive influence around the room. And those are always the guys that seem to play in those organizations for the longest period of time. Interesting about Jake Vorchek. I'm going to wait for you now to get him on the show because everybody's. Going oh, to he'd be a beauty to have on right. here for sure. I'll work on that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, number five, Battle of the Network Stars. This is fascinating to me. One is TNT goes out and pays Wayne Gretzky, whatever it is, $3 million a year to be their lead analyst. So ESPN yeah. goes out and gets the cold, uh, the tide cold guy in Mark Messier. Uh, so now they're former teammates who are going at it. I, I don't know if I actually like the decisions they both made here. Because I think that they're, uh, well, they're Hall of Famers, but I want to see a younger vibe, a younger generation perhaps take to the airwaves. Uh, so you tell me, uh, one, who's better at this? I think it's Marc Messier. And two, would you like to see a younger vibe? No. I, I, well, at least to start, I love the move because we're talking about the United States and yeah. who better to have than Marc Messier, um, you know, renowned captain of the New York Rangers, of yep. course. And, and, of course, Wayne Gretzky. So, you know, I, for me, I think the initial uh, hire of these two players is fantastic. I like to use a comparison, and it's always the TNT panel in the NBA, only because I like watching basketball. And to me, that's probably, in my opinion, the best panel in the world when it comes to covering sports, only because they come with a ton of experience. They're Hall of Famers. They're funny. They're colorful. They're not afraid to speak their mind. Now, the counter to that is, is are Mark Messi and Wayne Gretzky going to to get are going to be just as outspoken as those gentlemen and guys like Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal? No. Probably, probably not. But probably, come on, they're not going to. I'm afraid no, that they're not okay, going to say anything. But, but we have to give them at least a little bit of benefit here. They haven't even started their jobs yet, so I'm not going to sit here and shit all over them. But I, <laughs> I do think, I do think that they're fantastic hires. You can't get two players more respected than those two, really, and. I mean, I think from there you can build your base. You can bring in supporting cast ex-players over the next couple seasons, depending on, on how this goes. But for that initial eyeball grab, if you will, of getting a lot of attracting a lot of new fans and current fans and old school fans, those are the marquee players you want covering your sports. So I think they're good hires. I think Mark Messier, Mark Messier is a great speaker. I, I think Wayne Gretzky's a great speaker. I do think that Mark probably will have a little more personality initially, but I'm curious to see how Wayno does. I really think there's a really good opportunity for them. I just hope that he's not shy and he's able to speak his mind because I think he'll be really good at it. I will tune in if Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ice-T are also on the panel. Oh, yeah, from the, the commercials, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little chemistry That's, They've got me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, I do think they're great hires. And honestly, between the two of them and the stories that they'll have and the experience and the way that they'll be able to attribute certain plays on the ice to plays that they've experienced – and they've got this a great eye for the game. So I, I honestly don't think you can go wrong. All right. I look forward to seeing how it all unfolds. But Me it too. is interesting that the, they've brought both of those guys, two former Oilers, going head-to-head. -head. Uh, yeah. Those are the headlines built by Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley, BonisherExcavating.com. Okay, time for a quick break. When we come back, the Zach Smith interview, quenched by Whitewater Brewing Company, by the way, who recently launched a Whitewater Distilling Company. And it's their first product. It's Paper Boat Artisanal Gin. Has nice notes of orange peel, coriander, and black pepper. It's excellent. Uh, Very available good. at the LCBOs in Ottawa and in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, the uh, Wally Mathon Show will be right back after this. Powered by Barhaven Ford.
All right, welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Barhaven Ford has recently introduced its all-star lineup of custom builds. It's the Barhaven Ford Customs. Barhaven Ford has brought Roush-inspired custom F-150s, Rangers, and Mustangs to the nation's capital. At Barhaven Ford, they build the truck or Mustang the way you want it, customizing each truck or Mustang to fit your individual needs. Go to barhavenford.com slash bfc-customs, or just drive in and go see them. 555 Dealership Drive in Barhaven. All right, welcome back to the show and into the Whitewater chat room. Zach Smith, one of the uh, longtime Ottawa Senators, played over 600 games with Ottawa. Welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I thought it took a little while to get me on here, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I have been trying to, for about two like... years. <laughs> about two years I've tried to get you on to talk. Yeah, yeah I'm a hard guy to get a hold of, I guess. So then what are you up to? Um, we've just been back home in Saskatchewan for, um, well, since February, end of February, I guess. So we've been hanging out here at the lake and enjoying some family time, enjoying being home every day and, um, you know, get to get to take part in some, um, you know, winter activities that I've been missing out on for the last 10 years or so. So it's been, uh, it's been enjoyable. Smitty, what kind of stuff are you doing? Like the first thing I did uh, my first year in retirement was go to Trombla and do some snowboarding. Like I could never oh, yeah. do that when we played, right? Like what are you guys up to in the wintertime? Um, we're, we did a lot of, I did a lot of ice fishing, I guess. Yeah, uh, of course you did. Yeah, there's, <laughs> um, we live on the South Saskatchewan River. So there's a pretty good fishing community out here. There's about, I don't know, a hundred ice shacks on the, throughout the oh, river. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like a little town. You can bounce around from sheds, see how people are doing. Nice. Um, nice. Little of that, did some some hunting in the fall. Um, and, uh, but yeah, most, not a lot this winter, man. It was just hunkered down every day. Our kids are one and two years old, so. I know the feeling, brother. <laughs> You're like, there's so much you want to do. But you yeah. just can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's the funny thing about retirement. I know you're not technically retired, but with me, when I got into retirement, it was like, I have all these hobbies and toys and stuff I want to yeah. use and, and do, but you can't do it. You're just like, I know. You know, it's the kids, man. Like the first couple of years are tough. So I can relate anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. It's crazy. You think yeah, you'd have all this time to do all this stuff, but it, you just seem busier for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know on the ice, do you have like the, mac daddy ice shack do you have the one everybody stops at no i don't i just i fished in my buddy's uh ice shack so i get a few few friends out here who have ice shacks my brother-in-law has one so um we've been meaning me and my dad have been meaning to to put one together like buying an old um older trailer and kind of converting it over it's pretty it's a whole different uh ball game like there's some pr pretty elaborate setups like bunk beds you know like um, full kitchens, that kind of stuff. So that's wow. a project me and my dad are hoping to get to this fall. <laughs> and Smitty, you're pretty good. You're a pretty good wood woodworker. Like when I first met you and I went over to your place there in Canada, once we were both playing together for Ottawa, you were like doing your own basement. You're finishing everything. That's something I think a lot of fans don't realize you're pretty handy. Yeah. I, I enjoy doing that stuff. Like that's the one thing that that I enjoy doing. Like I'd, I'd honestly rather do that stuff than like than golf. And the only yeah. one would be maybe I'd rather go fishing, but I don't know. I just, I enjoy making stuff. My dad, um, he did a little bit of carpentry 
um, over so the you, years. You learn from him. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something I enjoy doing and, um, it's pretty, I never, I get kind of bored at one thing, so I never make the same thing twice. So it's not like I'm specializing in something. I try to, <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the map, I guess. Nice. Nice. What's your favorite thing you've ever made? Um, probably I converted an old piano into like, um, like a bar, a dry bar, I guess. So it had, nice. uh, I got like gutted all this stuff to make it because the pianos are like a thousand pounds or whatever. So I, <laughs> I gutted it and um, kind of re repurposed it, refinished it. And uh, yeah, it was a little bar. Um, I just, I started getting some carving, I guess, did uh, um, carving some tree stumps and stuff like that. Just, <laughs> Is that with the chainsaw? Yeah. Yeah. It's with a little chainsaw. You get it. Oh, good for you mini bar oh man well it's because you're out in sask right so like there's like what do you what do you do out there like there's no hills or anything right like you smitty yeah. always used to joke you could watch a dog run for miles <laughs> so, yeah like what does zach smith do in the summertime um, other than fishing other than fishing um build stuff do do a little bit of golfing um yeah okay so you are golfing out there yeah um just work work on the yard i don't know I should, sound, I should have thought about like an old man. What do I do? I don't know what I do. Did you take? Go ahead, Wally. Can you take a tree stump and make the ahead of the two of us? Can you make a Wally Mathot tree stump? Uh, no yeah, way. I could. I would need a big tree for mess head. I knew that was coming. You just teed them right up, Wally. <laughs> I'll put that on the project list. But <laughs> be awesome. Um, okay. You're a big music guy too, so well at least you control the music in the room. What music do you listen to when you're in the wood shop? Oh, um, all over the map. I'm, I'm uh, I don't know. I guess Manchester Orchestra is a, you know, one of my favorite bands. They just came out with a new album, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I like, I kind of blend into mess, um, kind of area with some, um. Not, not really metal. I'm not as much of a metal head as him, but uh, a lot of rock music. Big fan of Pearl Jam. I like like Alexis on Fire, Blue Rodeo. A little Canadiana Phoebe. rock yeah. music. <laughs> like Phoebe Bridgers. Like it's a pretty wide yeah. range. Um, you know, I, I listen to a little bit of rap. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's all over the map for sure. Yeah. There's no country? Uh, certain country, like... Um, big fan of like Jason Isbell and um, Coulter yeah. Wall, um, Cody Jinks, that kind of that kind of country, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like not, real not country really, music. Yeah, yeah not a, not the songs about like solo cups and stuff. I'm not really into that. Oh, you're not <laughs> those generic uh, <laughs> country songs that play off. Oh, Alan Jackson. Yeah. yeah, I well, Alan Jackson's a legend. You can't. Again. Yeah, you can't trip Alan Jackson. <laughs> yes, that's you can. That song, the Chattahoochee, is ridiculous. Oh, man, that's Wally. played. You go to any <laughs> wedding or any kind of function out here, and that song is played for sure. That's a song. Uh, it's right there with Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't put it in that category. <laughs> okay, I, I don't even have to transition to any kind of hockey, but I will try to get this on track. And that's you played on a line with – uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot and Mark Stone who are you cheering for now in the postseason 
Oh, that's a, uh, I mean, if they, with, if Pager and Stoney went heads up, I think maybe Leonard would be the tiebreaker. He'd probably have to cheer for Vegas. Um, <laughs> it's a smart answer. But yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to offend anyone, I guess, but um, <laughs> yeah, those are, they're pretty much the three guys that I'm still watching playoffs for anyways. And, uh, or that's not true. I'm not, I haven't watched a whole lot, but keeping tabs on, we'll say, I guess. So have you spoken uh, to Stoney at all or pager? Have you spoken to them, Smitty? Yeah, I, I was, uh, I talked just a couple of quick texts with Stoney yesterday, I think. And, um, I talked to pager a couple of weeks ago just to see how he's are you, doing. And tell are him you going to his wedding? Are you going to Stoner's wedding? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, we're kind of waiting. It's up in the air. I don't know. I think we should be able to be across the border by then. I, I think know. we will. Yeah, we're going to. That's what we've been kind of milling between yeah. that and whether we're going or not. But I was just, yeah, I was wondering because I, I already got a sick setup out there in Vegas, like a really nice place. I've yeah, seen some pics online. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. I mean, yeah, what a place to play. Sure. oh my god i know i had a quick i had an opportunity to play there for a little bit and it just kind of fell apart so yeah it's all good anyway well you can continue <laughs> with the interview sorry i i, I wasn't going to bring up you going to vegas again um <laughs> you did get to play though in a pretty sweet market in chicago I, when you go from ottawa to a original six what's it like to play in chicago because i've been in that building and you walk in and through the hallways you know when you see the stanley cups in the locker room what kind of atmosphere and what kind of tradition that team has yeah it's that was I mean a lot of guys might say this too but that was one of my favorite places to play as a visitor too um right from the anthem like they're standing <laughs> up they're all cheering like yeah. it's just crazy it gets you pumped right away yeah. um, but so playing there was it's funny you don't I don't know how to say this but like you almost don't appreciate it as much when you that's your home building you know what i mean because you're in there yep. every night it's the same atmosphere every night pretty much there like it's just it's crazy so it was a lot of it was a lot of fun playing there i mean you walk down the hallway and you you know you see the bulls dressing room and you know they have all the championships on the wall that there that they won with jordan yep. and, and uh you know the championships they won and in chicago with the blackhawks is it it's pretty cool so it was a you know it was felt very fortunate to get a chance to play you know as a play there as my home rank so it was it was a lot of fun for sure what did you learn or didn't know about Patrick Kane that you found out playing there like is is he that fun to watch in practice is he used to try and play against yeah um I guess surprised me is how I mean it's just it's kind of like hockey for him that's you know, he's, he's very, very committed guy. I don't know why I had this um, preconceived notion that he didn't like work hard. Like he's one of those gifted, but he puts in the time at the rink and, you know, he's first guy there, one of the last guys to leave kind of guy. So that was kind of surprising, but it shouldn't be because to be as good as he is, you know, you have to put in that time. So, mm. um, you know, that's pretty cool. He's very, very quiet guy, um, reserved guy. I mean, it's not like he doesn't say anything, but he's yeah. pretty reserved for sure. Uh, did you know you played your first NHL game against Jeremy Colton, the head coach of the Hawks? I didn't, no. He he played for the Islanders in your very first NHL game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I know now that I, I know that because I have the plaque, whatever, with the game yeah. sheet. Yeah. 
I should have known that. <laughs> so I'm going to take it. You guys never discussed it. Uh, no, not really. No. I have. I, I, I found something out that I found was interesting about you and your uh, NHL goals. And so your first NHL goal, you know, you scored against Carey Price in Montreal. It was shorthanded. Yeah. I was going to say bar uh, down, but. <laughs> it was it was on January 16th, 2010. On January 15th, 2020, almost exactly 10 years later, you scored against Montreal shorthanded, and it was your last time you scored an NHL goal. You scored two that game, including the game mm-hmm. winner. But I just found nice. it interesting. Yeah, like almost 10 years apart against Mon- you had great success against Montreal. Um, what was it about playing the Habs that you enjoyed so much? Um I don't know. It was just a rivalry. The whole, you know, that intensity was there, you know, from my first game until, you know, like my last game, especially between um, Ottawa and Montreal. But, you know, playing there is, it's an amazing rink to play in very much, you know, that in Chicago and I don't know what else you want to throw in like Nashville or, um, you know, would be the top three. Uh, rinks to play and it's just the the energy the atmosphere is amazing and um i don't know maybe scoring my first goal you know and shorthanded against montreal kind of set the tone but um it still doesn't even i don't i wouldn't even want to see it compared to like pajot who was the habs killer for years or <laughs> I don't know, or turry i think i remember turry is always good against the habs too, Turi too yeah yeah alfie is always fun. one too and alfie yeah. assisted on your first nhl goal uh are you to blame for the brawl in the playoffs against Montreal off the faceoff? Uh, no, I mean, the guy who two-handed <laughs> me in the ankles would probably be to blame, but <laughs> it's kind of fuzzy what happened leading up to the two-hand slash or what I did. I don't really know. But. See, that's what I'm trying to get at. You must have, like, you knew this was coming, no? Yeah, I guess it's a good thing. I'll take the blame for that because I had people tell me, like, walking out of the building – um you know ushers and stuff that weren't even they don't really talk to you that much like say hi or you know how's it going or have a good night that's the extent and they're like stopping me like that's the best game i've ever watched (laughs) (laughs) so and i feel like a couple years after people are just they remember that game because you know we beat them on the scoreboard and in convincingly yeah both ways like quite easily went five for five on that on which, that brawl, which, so. it, you did was that the the best playoff series i think you've ever played like or the most fun that you've had um yeah yeah probably i mean beating beating montreal is like that's up there for sure yeah. you know being yeah. here to beat montreal or toronto that automatically gets it up there pretty quick but that was a lot of fun because um you know we were we weren't expected to beat them too. So, yeah. Um, but, and then in the fashion we did, it made it that much more fun. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and like going, even going there, like I'm with you, Smitty, for me, that was probably like the best round of playoffs I've ever been involved in only yeah. because we like, didn't really like each other either. Like we had yeah. a bit of a rivalry with that team and even going there, like I still remember walking from the Ritz to the game, like to, to the arena, to the bell center. And there'd be like pockets of fans on the sidewalks and they'd be chirping us. Yeah. Like I, we'd have like guys yelling at us, like pretty, pretty offside stuff yeah. on the way to the game. So like 
you're always in game mode when you left yeah. your hotel, right? Like you were fired up and then to beat them, like to finish them off in Montreal where the fans can no longer sing ole ole and they're walking, yeah. walking out of the building with their tail tucked between their legs. Like yeah. for me, at least that was such a good feeling, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, that kind of, that's almost bites them a bit. Like, cause like you said, when you walk the rink and guys are chirping you and it fires Motivates you, up, like, you not that you really yeah. need it, but it's just that much more incentive, like hundred you know, percent it's fuel. And, and I think that was the, that was the series that drives hit um, Edler. I think yeah. so. What? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get he, the suspension. It was kind of <laughs> grimes. What a guy! We got to get him on yeah. here at some point. But yeah, like that was a, he threw out the chicken wing and caught yeah. Eller. I think right. Well, he couldn't. Uh, he like he would he would he was part of our group. We'd walk to the rink, and yep. he couldn't walk to the rink after that, right? Because he was getting no. death over Twitter. Yep. Then that was legit. He was actually yeah. getting like people are watching this and probably thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. People legitimately wanted to kill him. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah was, <laughs> what do you do? Really, people would send him messages. They couldn't be interpreted any other way because they would literally say, I am going to kill you. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. he had to hide on the bus, right? And go yeah. straight into the rink with the bus. Yeah. But, but Grimes, is, like, like Grimes is a pretty even keel guy. It, how much did that affect him? I, we'll probably bring him on and ask him, but I'm curious how you guys interpreted how that was, he was handling that. Um. I think he he liked it. I think once I he, think he liked it too. Yeah, okay. once he realized like Edler was okay and he wasn't, you know, yeah, too seriously hurt. Like he was yeah. okay with it. Like because I mean, you're doing something right if Montreal fans are all over you. You know, yeah, like you're doing your job and and so exactly. Yeah. I think he enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, does that mean you won't cheer for Montreal me with Luke Richardson behind the bench? You played, I think, two games for him in Binghamton uh, when you went back from your rehab, I think from your wrist injury. Uh, yeah. Do you know Luke very much from that? Yeah, I. he was, uh, he was when he was assistant coach in Ottawa, I yeah. played for him. Um, but yeah, I've known, I've known Luke since my first couple of years kind of thing. Um and then I actually played with him, actually, my first year. He was still on the team. That's right. That's, right. Played, That's how old you are. Yeah, I played – well, I, I played – I would have played exhibition and one game with him. But, yeah. But it was good. He's, a, he's such an awesome guy. I kind of – I yeah. wish I had got to play for him more than two games, but – because. Uh, yeah, but do you? Know, you I, I do you it, wish you played more games in Binghamton? Probably not. Well, I mean, or in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. are you cheering for him now behind the bench? When I mean, here's a guy that's gone through so much and is now he's thrown into his first NHL game and he's in Montreal and he's in the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's awesome to see. And I, I mean, for that reason alone, and seeing Burroughs, like I said, I haven't really been following that much. So I, the other day when when playoffs started, and I saw I saw Burroughs and Luke behind the behind the bench. I was like. Kind of like what happened? I'd love I'd love to see a, a uh a Canadian team win too. So same, uh, same. It would it'd be tough. I don't know if I could I don't know if I could cheer for him. I don't know, but it wouldn't be a bad thing if they won. Yeah. yeah. Smitty, you mentioned you mentioned the two games down in the American League. What what year was that? Was that in uh 2013? Do you remember? Oh, I think it's 14-15. Yeah. 
1450. Did you think did you voluntarily go down there? Because this is something a lot of fans don't understand because I had to go through it too. I played a a game for Luke as well. Same same year, right? Yeah. Same year. Yeah. So did they did they ask you to go down and play like a bunch of games? Or was it just like a quick like one time, like one game stint and it happened to go into two? I was totally fine with doing that because when I came back, that's when that was during the hamburger run. Oh yeah, okay. So it was like this crazy run to we won we ran the board like one nineteen of twenty one of our last games to squeak into the playoffs. Yeah, and so see, I was no cutting in. We were about eighteen games into that thing, or seventeen yeah. games, and it was a le- like crazy, you know, crazy run. And so yeah. I hadn't played for I think three months or something. So yeah. I was so scared of coming into the lineup and, and messing everything up. <laughs> they didn't. I don't know if it was uh, if they asked me or is more of like, um, yeah. Hey, do you want to go down to Binghamton and play a couple games? Like, not yeah, a question. Sir, or a, like a forceful, a forceful yeah. request. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was only one answer to that question. So, um, yeah, yeah, I was fine with it. I needed, I needed. I mean, you know, math like being out that long. Sometimes you just it's need to go. Tough. Well, I went like so. Brian Murray asked me to go down. I had missed almost the first like twenty some odd games with a back injury. Right, so he comes up to me and he goes, "Meth." Uh, you know, we're going to want you to go down there for, for a couple games or whatever it was. And I think, you know, okay, maybe one, maybe I'll go down for one. So I get down there. I have to drive there through a snowstorm, play the game. I'm dash three in the game. I get scored on an OT off a turnover. It's a completely different game, right? Like I had, I had no business playing in that game because it's just, it's a shit show. It's like, People are all over the ice in the American League as, a, as an NHL player, oh, yeah. you know, Smitty. Yeah. You're just like, guys are out of position and you can't yell at them because they're like 20 years old. So yeah. so after that game, they're talking to me about joining them on the road. And, and I, I go to Luke and I'm like, Luke, uh, no, I'm, I'm going back. I can't do this. So I leave. I go back to Ottawa and Beamer's like, you don't want to play any longer? I'm like, no, I did it. And I end up playing right away in the Sens game and, and like yeah. miles better than I was in the American. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, it's a totally different game for sure. Yeah. I remember when I, I, I went down there and, you know, they want to get as much many touches as possible at the puck. So I, I was on, I think Luke put me on like the first line power play and it bumped uh, Zingle off and he was so <laughs> mad. He wouldn't even look at me. And I didn't, I, didn't know him. I didn't really know him at the time. He was still coming up. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, what is with this kid for a while? And I ended up, you know, being quite pretty good friends with him at the end. But I yeah. just it's competitive. Was it? Yeah. Some, you know, you know down like, there yeah, like you're down there and, and like you're you're almost hoping for injuries at the NHL level. Like it's it's ruthless, right? Like you you want your chance yeah. to go play in the National Hockey League. So when an yeah. NHL player comes down and bumps you off the first PP, like you're going to be a little rattled about it. I think that's a normal reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, it's, yeah, it's quite a unusual dynamic down there between the two teams. I mean, yeah, the team, if the team's up top isn't doing well, then most likely guys are going to get called up too. Right. So it's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird Did you ever bring that up with the zingle? Yeah. I, I have. Yeah. After a couple <laughs> couple years later, I didn't, he's like, Oh no, I didn't, man. Oh, you <laughs> like, yeah, you wouldn't even look at me for the week I was down there. <laughs> Smitty, Smitty was always good at that. Like he would never, 
Smitty's not shy to call anybody out in the group. And I've seen him do it to me, obviously. He's done it to Neil, Chris Neil. Smitty would go at anybody. So this, this, all this stuff. I wish I could think of a funny Chris Neil story right now oh. that would have involved you and, and me, Smitty. I mean, like we, we used to make fun of Neilers like Ed Hardy yeah. shirts in the dressing room when he yeah. was wearing Ed Hardy shirt. Yeah. And then Neilers rebuttal right away would be like, Oh, my daughter got me this. Don't like yeah. he, would, he would sit like to try to make me and Smitty yeah. feel bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he was he'd always try and guilt trip you if you made fun of him about something. But that I don't know. You probably remember when uh as you I'm sure you know, or like many Sens fans know, like Neeler was the he was always trying to prank guys and he was just always trying to have fun, make things light to it. Oh, but, yeah he wasn't very good at receiving it. So no, uh, no. The one time I can't remember what I did. He kind of, he pissed me off pretty good. And you, you can't do too much to him because he's going to, he's very tough human, right? He's going to yes. be up and he literally will beat you up. He's, he's got a, he can have a switch, but um, yeah. so the one time I took his, his, um, he had a gong show hat, like gong show would send us boxes of hats, right? Yep. Everyone would I take remember this. I remember this. Don't show hats everywhere in the room. And I took his and I torched it and into a little ball. Like I melted <laughs> it into a little ball and put it back in his. Oh, it was so good. His doll. And he was so mad. Like, yeah, because so it was his lucky hat. Yeah. Right? He's like, like, yeah, that's my lucky hat, man. That's my favorite one. I'm like, they can send you a box of those hats. But he was like, he was ready to fight me. But it was just so funny because I'm like, it's a hat, man. You got it for free. Yeah. Did he put your he put your clothes? Did he put your clothes in like the the ice box or something like the ice machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. like ruins all of Smitty's actual clothing. Not a free hat, and that's yeah. a good example of Neeler just not always really enjoying guys messing with him, but he's willing no. to, to dish it out, right? Like he he uh, like you know, for instance, I do that, melt his hat, nothing, like whatever. But <laughs> and he didn't think it was funny, and then he put. Remember when he put us. Put a salmon in Patty Weirkosh's <laughs> car, and Patty couldn't find it. Yeah, we talked to Neeler about that on the show. It was so. And Neeler thought that was like hilarious. So it's kind of yeah. it like ruined the interior of his car. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's great. He took he take it to the next level. Like I yeah. burnt his hat, and I thought for a week after that that my I was gonna have flat tires, or like my car would be unblocked, <laughs> or I'd have but full he would of but he would do that to you. Like, that's the guy, to, like he would, and Mueller's the man, like we love him to death, which is why we're telling these stories. But, but it's yeah. scary because we work in an environment where he's allowed to fight me in the shower or he can throw a punch at me in the locker room and he won't get arrested. Right. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that kind of behavior is encouraged, but it happens in hockey. Right. So yeah. it's like, you mentioned it, like, like you're looking over your shoulder, Smitty, after you do that to him. Cause you yeah. don't know, he might, he might physically try to hurt you. Yeah, I mean, you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns, I guess. But he did that to Campoli one time in the shower. Campoli yeah. thought he was turning it to cold. You know, classic <laughs> trick. Do that all yeah. the time. Yeah. And he turned it to hot and it burned him. <laughs> There's two naked guys running down the hallway and neither caught up to him and just socked him. <laughs> he he full-blown punched Campoli. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah I, I wasn't they, there, but I've heard yeah. the story. Oh, God. Oh, we could great. sit here for we could sit here for five hours and tell prank <laughs> stories involving me. Has there ever been a teammate you've wanted to fight? I guess who's not named Chris Neal. Um, 
Were you ever on the ice in practice and like, Wait. I just want to knock his head off? <laughs> I've seen Smitty. I've seen Smitty and, 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 and Peter Regan get in a verbal. You guys get used to go at it a little bit, right? Because you guys were pretty close. Was yeah. that a fair one? Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I don't know which time you're talking about, but like that would I would never actually fight Peter. Well, I mean, we were we were all on the plane. Remember the plane ride back from uh, from, yeah. from up north? We were on that trip with John Shabbat that he organized during the lockout, and you guys were on the plane. And yeah. I, I think we were hitting him in the back of the head, or I don't forget what it was. Anyway, but I know some people yeah. were very irritated sitting around all of us. Yeah, that remember that? A, yeah, <laughs> they didn't think it was very funny. We had to. We were giggling like a bunch of little school kids, but um, yeah, yeah. What was the other? Oh, I just thought of one. No, I, I can't, can't think of anything. There, there, it's crazy. It's such a blur when you go back, and half the stuff we can't really talk about on here anyway. So it's it's hard. <laughs> got to try to got to blur it out a little bit. Sorry, yeah. Wally. That's okay. Is there ever a? I I can remember, and it's funny. It's in Chicago, incidentally enough. Uh, Johnny Oduyu and Mark Crawford going at it. Uh, yelling at each other i know do you actually left the ice like did you ever get into it with a coach on the ice um with a coach on the ice not that i i mean 100 probably we all have a little bit yeah 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 but i don't remember oh the to answer i just remembered while i answer your question if you ever wanted to fight any of your own teammates but um when uh when paul mclean was coaching us and we had a we were on a weren't doing well on a little bit of losing skid he made us do hard laps and warm-ups and like pre-game warm-ups because he thought we weren't ready for the game so oh i remember that really you have to do a hard lap and Corey conacher when he crossed over (laughs) always throw a stick behind him and like do high knee crossovers (laughs) and i told him one time i'm like you can't do that when we're all going 100 miles an hour and there's 20 guys and half the ice doing that you can't and he, a couple games later, he did that, threw it behind, and I stepped on it, and I went sliding. And, like, three guys jumped over my head with their skates, and it was just, like, skate blades skate coming blades. at me. Like that. And I was so mad. I came in, and, he's, um, and he didn't say anything, right? Said nothing. Didn't it? Oh, and that's the worst. He's not acknowledging it. In warm-up. Like yeah, it's, it's the worst. You feel shame, right? Yes, So I go back to the do. room after warm-up, and he didn't say anything, and I'm like, Corey, what's up? He's like, what? I'm like, you did that again. And I just about died out there. Like I just about got de- decapitated. And he's like, uh, he's like, well, should watch where you're skating. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty, Smitty's like, well, head would have exploded. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, he was so, a good dude though. But yeah, he had some quirks yeah. in practice that drove me nuts too. I, yeah. I can remember that. Yeah. yeah. He worked okay. hard. What- so did the three hard lap thing uh, make a difference? How did this go over with the players? Oh, well, we no, it wasn't. We just did it. Yeah. Yeah, but players are can be stubborn. They can be ornery. Like, I can't imagine an NHL team going out to do three hard laps at the beginning of It warm-up. wasn't like that, Wally. Smitty, Smitty say it was kind of like we would do the, like the butterfly drill, pregame warm-ups, for yep. example. And, and, and then after that, like everyone stops, leaves the pucks out of the way and boom, you just do quick three laps and then you do the next drill and then another three laps. And yeah. uh, it got to the point where 
I was skating like I do like half a hard one or my first five or six strides were pretty hard. And then I would just kind of glide. And then I think a lot of guys started doing that too. Yeah. And it just got hey, away from us. It was so this time we were doing that. You can't, you can't have 21 guys. No, it's impossible. You so can't do it. this, this has to be in the second season for Paul, right? Yes. Yeah. So how long after was it when he got fired that he, or before he implemented this three hard lap thing? Like when did Paul McLean lose the room or did he ever? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I yeah. think like any, yeah, well, Smitty, I'll let you take that. Sorry, man. No, I was, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> no, no, well, from my perspective, it was yeah. more, you know, like, like you're not ever really going to lose the whole team. You're going to get the guys that are pissed off because maybe they're not playing a lot despite yeah. losing all these games. Yeah. And then some of the guys kind of get sick of the, you know, when things are going well, coaches tend yeah. to take it out on you a little. So, the early morning practices on the road when it should have been a day off, for example, like stuff like that, where players start to get irritated by that, but it's tough to argue, right? Because you're losing so many games, yeah. but it almost has like a counter effect because you're so tired and you're pissed off at the coach and yeah, things yeah. just go downhill from there. That's the difference with some other coaches that kind of keep that even keel for the whole year, but yeah. I'm sure he learned from it too. So that's not me attacking yeah. Paul. No, no. The, the one yeah. thing I always heard about Paul was, that he completely changed from year one when he becomes coach of the year to year two, he was a completely different coach, but it's never really been discussed only that he completely changed. So I was just yeah. curious with two of you having played. Yeah, it was, uh, that's basically what I was just going to say. Well, he's just, that was different. It was like two different people. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of fun, like play, like go from going from a player's coach to uh, just a coach, like, not it was just it was quite yeah. different yeah and he was i think once guys realized that it was like that from the start of the second season once guys realized that that he was that wasn't just a phase for the start of the year then that was kind of like it was it was tough from then on it was that was a tough year sure. yeah it was a tough year every a lot of guys had some we had some stuff going on in the team too it wasn't just the yeah. coaching staff it, yeah. there was some stuff going on everywhere and just it was a perfect perfect storm yeah uh, that it was. Uh, I'll leave it. And I even because you threw it out there, I'm going to just ignore it um, <laughs> and move on to I want to talk about Dave Cameron, because Dave apparently put you on that line with Pajot and Stone that year. So yeah. is he responsible for that 26 goal season with you or 25 goal season? Or was it the fact you got to play with Stone and Pajot? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Stone and Pajot for sure. I mean, I don't think there's a player in the league that wouldn't want to play with those two. Yeah, um, but I I give props to to Andre our, our assistant coach at the time. Um, I see he's doing very well right now too. Actually, yeah, he yes. coached the uh, World Junior Team, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, Andre Turney. Yeah, but he uh, that was a tough year for me too because I I didn't think I was getting an opportunity that I think I deserved and I wasn't really getting anywhere with Dave, so I. I, Andre was really good with me. We chatted all the time and, you know, helped keep my spirits up, I guess. And then he ended up um, going out on a limb for me and convincing Dave to put me on that line. So I owe as much to Andre uh, as, I, as I would to, you know, Pager. That's and, cool. Because I, I, I read it wrong. Okay. Because it said when I when I did I was just trying to do some research and the the line was it was Dave Cameron who took you from the fourth line and put you on the first line so um, so I'm glad you clarified that 
yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really told anyone or gave him enough props for that one. Um, but, um, yeah, that was, I'm pretty grateful for that opportunity for sure. Do you time. think Andre Tourney will make a good NHL head coach one day, knowing what you know about him? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, I don't know, like I, there's not many coaches that everyone likes and I don't know. I yeah. can't speak for the other guys. Um, but I, I mean, I think he would. And that, that was a long time ago. He's assistant coach. And I know when he's with the 67s, I knew a couple of younger kids um, that went through that system. I was good friends with uh, the campos that, that you guys might know. They always bill it at 67. So yep. um, I know they liked them, uh, yep. you know, and that's half the battle to being a good coach is just being liked and respected. So, you know, I think he'd, I hope he, I hope he gets the opportunity and I think he'd be, he'd be a good coach for sure. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, and, and I, I will never forget this day for as long as I probably live. And that's the day that you were placed on waivers by the Ottawa senators. And I, and I know you won't forget it either, but I always said the locker room was like a death had taken place. I like, you could just feel the atmosphere it was heavy. It was, and Matt Duchesne came out and said, you know, um, I'll be honest, it's a kick in the balls for us. Can you take me through that day and what transpired with you and how it played out? Um, yeah, it was – well, I didn't – the year – basically the year – I didn't have a very good year the year before. Like, I was injured for a lot of it. Um, yeah. I was making excuses. but And then so at the year-end meeting, I was just like – I remember saying, I was like – uh, talking to Brian and um, Pierre and I was just like, that was a terrible year for me. And I know it and no, I don't think anybody can be harder on me than I am like, but I'll be better next year. And then I came to camp and I played two exhibition games and they're the, so they're like, yeah, for sure. Like come back, like be bet. We need you to be better. Like, but we trust that you'll get there. And so I came back and I played two exhibition games and thought I played really well. I came back in really good shape and, and then um, get the call or he calls me in the office and tells me I'm going on waivers. And I was just like, well, I, you know, two exhibition games, that's what we're going to judge it on. And he's, he's like, yeah, you were no good in exhibition. So I was, yeah, went on waivers. And that was a, I mean, a, a humbling experience, you know, like it's, it brings you back down to earth for sure. And, um, but it was, I mean, coming, coming back from that, it was such an awesome reception. Like you said, like guys, um, you know, kind of spoke up like Matt Duchesne and Stoney and yeah. a bunch of guys and, um, you know, just said how they disagree with it and, and kind of just said uh, the other things that I bring to the game or to the locker room. And so that was like a huge uh, motivational boost for me, I think. And like, so coming, you know, once I cleared waivers and came back to the rink, like, it was almost like a reset button. So it worked out being okay just because, you know, so many guys were there to support me and, you know, fans too. So it was, um, you know, it ended up turned, you know, turned chick, chicken shit and chicken salad, I guess, kind of thing. <laughs> well, because then you're wearing an A. Like, did it feel weird to have a letter on your jersey after that? Like, did you ever feel like you were wanted by the organization after that point? No, no. Um, no, I was just, you know, it was just a matter of time, I think, or, yeah. you know, before, <clears throat> before I was out of there. And, um, 
yeah, after that, it was just, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the same for sure. But unfortunately, I just wish, you know, unfortunately it could have went, it could have been resolved or it could have been handled a lot different, but yeah, um, I know. And I know, you know, there was regrets from their side too. That was, that was said. So to be, could have been handled different too. So I had, you know, had that talk with Pierre and he actually mentioned, he mentioned that to me with the, when I got traded, when he called me to tell me I was traded, he mentioned that too, again, like that he, if he could handle that differently, he, he would have. So, um, you know, that was nice to hear that acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. So were you okay with the trade? Um, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to, to end my career, like seeing guys play their whole career for Ottawa, you know, Billy yeah. Neander, that's so, that's so cool. And that would have been, um, such a, you know, unreal accomplishment, I guess. But so it would have been nice to, to end in Ottawa, but, um, you know, the traded some work out, some don't, I don't know if I was ever really in the picture going to Chicago as more of yeah. just a, a paper deal kind of thing. But, um, so I, I, I don't regret going there. Like it was an amazing experience get to live in Chicago for a bit. And that was unreal. The city is, mm. I'm glad we had the opportunity to live in the city and, you know, experience a different organization, I guess, play with some different guys was, was cool too. How much different are the organizations and how they're run? <laughs> um, di like different. I mean, one, <laughs> you got one original six and, and then Ottawa has its woes, but I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy it, like love playing in Ottawa. I, if I could go back, I'd go play in Ottawa again over Chicago. I would. Um, I love, like, I just, there's so much that I, I enjoyed about playing in, um, in Ottawa, but there it's quite different. But the one, the one thing for sure playing all those years in Ottawa is like Matthew, you, you play for a couple different teams too. And you can probably test like the, the staff that they have, the medical staff, the equipment staff, yeah. And those get like in Ottawa, it, those guys first class, first class. It's yep. I agree. nothing against, against Chicago, but like, you know, leaving and like seeing how lucky we were, like, you know, our medical, our, uh, um, yeah. Dom Nicoletta, Jerry Townen, well, all yeah. those guys, those guys, uh, Sean Markwick. Good. Yeah. We got yeah, a really good group. Professionals so good at what they did. Like they were, they were handpicked as like the best in their field, you know, as, so that yeah. was, they, I mean, let's not forget that they were all members, basically the entire staff minus a couple of guys all went to the world championships this year. Like they were team Canada's training staff. So, uh, yeah. and they've been there before. Like it is a well-run training staff yeah. and equipment staff for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, at times it might look from the outside might not look like that, but um, within that, that little bubble of, of players yeah. or of, of staff that's with us day to day. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to compare. Those yeah, and credit, credit, yeah. I was going to say credit to the Ottawa senators too, for building that lounge. Like when you and I, when I was playing, you were there longer than I was Smitty, but they put the lounge in for us and then they brought in the chef and they started providing breakfast and lunch. Like those are little things that go a really long way if you're a player uh, yeah. and, and, and they, they provided that, you know, aside from yeah. the fact that you're playing out in a farmer's field in January in the cold, which yeah. you can get, be, you can get past that. Yeah. Everything else was really good. And, yeah. and it, it was very well run inside. Yeah. 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 They weren't, they were, 
they weren't stingy around the players like that kind of stuff too. So yeah, exactly. But, you know, but I guess for Zach, it's like going home in the middle of a farmer field in January. Yeah, well, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a couple of questions. I said like when we lived there, we lived. I think it took me six minutes to get to the rink, the last house we lived in, and it was like rural in the woods, like it was unreal. And that's like the only that's got to be the only place in the league that you could do that. The only one I, I could agree. Think of that might have been like Carolina, maybe you could Carolina, yeah, yeah rally, rallies like that for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's it's nice, it's nice in that sense. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a couple of questions left. One is, what's next for Zach Smith? Um. Not sure. I mean, I'm, I got some issues. I'm still dealing with my back. So I haven't made a decision one way or the other, whether I'll play next year. Um, I haven't played a hockey game in oh, I don't know, like 16 months or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's been a while and I, you know, it's been, it's about 16 months since I had my surgery and I guess it hasn't, it's been a slow, very slow, um, recovery and you know I'd have to be close to 100% to even consider going back I think just because um, it's just it's so guys are so much faster the game's changed a lot you know in the last couple of years so yeah um, you know keeping up would be in it would be the biggest thing well that that and like for for x amount that you're probably making and then versus putting more damage into your body and your back yeah. Like you're probably way that like you want to be able to play with your kids when they get older. Right. Like you don't want yeah. to be limping around the lot, the yard. So no, and, resonate. And, yeah. And guys, it's, I mean, every, in every walk of life, people deal with, with chronic pain, absolutely back pain, joint pain, whatever. And it sucks. Like, you know, it, every single day and you forget what it feels every like. Day. Right. Yep, so every day I've, you know, I've, I've had good days and bad days. And like when it, when it's the best, like when it's feeling really good or like almost back to normal, that's when I'm like feeling less likely to play, you know, because I, like you said, Matt, I want to, you want to be able to, you know, fully functional when your kids are older, whether it's exactly you know, playing them or just anything yeah. you want to do after life, you can't, you know, there's might restrict some things. So I just going to work on getting, getting my back healthy and then make a decision from there. And for an overager who got drafted I think, at 20 and played 662 games, would you change any of that for right now? Like, is there anything that you would go back and do differently? No, I like, yeah, that's what everybody says. Like people always talk about like, if they end up with some pain or whatever, like I would, and Matt has always said this, I wouldn't change anything. I would go through it all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, it's, I'm, I honestly, there's like all the time. I feel like the luckiest guy, yeah. You know, I have a wife, two kids, and I played that long and in the NHL, like, and I'm, you know, came out. Like, if I ended today, I like you said, I don't, I wouldn't have any regrets. Like, I enjoyed so much of it. The people that, you know, I met in Ottawa, Chicago, along the way, it was, you know, it's an experience that, it, unfortunately, not many people get to experience, but it was, you know, it's, it was unreal. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I should have asked this earlier cause it's going to seem weird. Uh, when you were, had your first, what was your first car? Let's start there. My first car was, uh, yeah. I think it was a 94 Chevy Cavalier. Teal Green. 
Did did something happen to the car door? Oh yeah, this is this is with my mom. You talked to my mom. About this <laughs> she still. Someone else asked me about this too. I don't know if it was you, but she doesn't know what she's talking about with this one. Because what what I said as a story is the story. I had I had a buddy that was played on my team. He had a Jeep, and I was had my door open, and he pulled out from behind me, and like thought it'd be funny to swerve. It was a pretty dumb thing to do, actually. And he like pushed my car door into my into my like hood. And I don't know why my mom thinks there's a different story beyond that, but yeah, that's what happened. So he basically tore the door off. Yeah. Yeah. And it totaled, <laughs> totaled the car. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I was, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the teal green. Like that's, that was uh, what my dad was going to buy me at that time, but I wasn't. So when it got, uh, when it got written off, I wasn't heartbroken. So did you get another one right away or did you have to now start walking? No, I got, um, I got another one. I think I got a Ford. I don't know if many people know this, the splash edition. It was like the extended cab, the two seater. And they had the extended cab with the two seats that face each other. No. And it was burnt orange color. And I considered it an upgrade, but yeah. <laughs> I got that a couple weeks after. Um, uh, quickly, uh, if you were to sit at home, you're watching a movie with Brit and the kids and you need a cheat snack, what is your favorite snack? Ooh, um, big fan of ice cream for sure. That would be my number one. They're a flavor. Like, like Rocky road kind of stuff, you know, like something tin roof yeah. kind of stuff. Like vanilla, uh, yeah. okay. dabble a little bit of chocolate, maybe some nuts in there kind of thing. Good. Good, I like that. Yeah. If you uh, if you got to choose your last song, if you skated off the ice and the music's playing, what song would Zach Smith end his career to? Oh man, I don't know. Probably. Um, I don't know. I I'm trying to think of something clever and something that I would. Uh, um, what about like "Everybody Hurts" by REM? <laughs> That would be my song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Alan Jackson. Yeah. yeah Alan Jackson. I don't know. <laughs> probably. I, I don't know if I, if I did, I'd probably pick like a, a hip song. Um, good call. We Kings maybe. Yeah. Maybe go good with call. That. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right a little, on. Power, uh, a little sad too, but happy. <laughs> a little salute. Um, we appreciate Smitty. Uh, I've enjoyed this immensely having you on. It seems like forever that we've had a chance to talk. So uh, wherever you play next or whatever you do next, we wish you all the best, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good chatting with you guys and bringing up some old stories was, was quite enjoyable. It's a good time. Take care. Thanks guys. Great interview with Smitty as always. It's nice to see him again, Matt. And uh, I think he lives in like a birdhouse. It was so loud of birds <laughs> chirping. I, I was envious. It looked very peaceful. And he's it on is, the water, yeah. but but he but he was very appreciative. I think he really enjoyed yeah. that. And we had a good time with him. So uh, it, it was nice. another successful interview. One of the things I've enjoyed about doing this is just to go back down memory lane with these guys and get them, allow them the chance just to get to talk about things that they've seen and how it transpired and how it unfolded 
uh, from their mm. viewpoint, which is the best part. Um, all right. Time for On the Points, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds maker. Log on to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot today. To get in on the action, must be 19 years of age or older. All right. You tried to ruin my whole entire segment earlier in the show. Uh, it is now game seven. <laughs> Tampa, the Islanders, for the second straight year, a trip to the Stanley Cup final between these two is going to game seven. Um, why do you like the Islanders? Why do I like the Islanders? <laughs> I think you got it wrong. I like Tampa Bay. And I'm going to say I like Tampa because Barry Trotz doesn't get his, his matchups here that he wants, at least not right off the bat on changes. Obviously, the games in Tampa, they've got last change and home ice advantage. Kucherov is out. That will hurt them. So if you're asking me what I think the score will be, I'm looking at a 4-2 score. I still think they're going to pot four. Um, High-pressure game. I'd like to say it'll be low-scoring. Low but I'm going to try to switch it up here. I've been fairly successful with a lot of my predictions. I'm still going with Tampa. I think that's the big winner tonight. I'm going to say 4-2. Uh, okay, who's this? who scores the series-clinching goal? Why not just go with the hot hand and Braden Point? I mean, he's on fire. He's my guy. He can't do it again, can he? Why not? Who else are you going to take? I mean, you can go with Hedman. I mean, you got your pick at the litter with Tampa, of course. We all know this. Uh, they're incredibly deep. Yeah. But I just, I still think a player like... Like point right now with Kucherov being out, he's just going to really elevate his game. Not that he really needs to; he's playing on an insane level right now. But I do have a lot of a lot of hope that this guy is going to step up again tonight here and make a difference. It feels like a Yanni Gord if it's Tampa, oh. but I can't I can't get away. Listen, Denny Potvin's a friend of mine. We used to travel and with on airplanes together. I can't get away from the Islanders. I am sticking with them as I've done all season. Yeah. It is going to be a three-two Islander win. Ooh, I like that. Brock Nelson is going to score the game-winning goal. Fair enough. I, I respect that pick. It's a good pick. I just think numbers-wise, you got Tampa at home. You got to go with them. But Islanders are sneaky, so it wouldn't surprise me. It's curious. I, like What I'm interested to see is that start, right? Can, I, can New York muster the same kind of energy or is it nervous energy with the game yeah. seven on the line and they're playing in a different building that's what i'm curious yeah. about does the crowd really make a difference in the first 10 minutes as we always like to talk about for sure and when you're on the road the going saying in the dressing room as the away team or the visitors team if you will is always get the crowd out of it early yeah try to just weather that first 10 minutes if you can do that you're going to give yourself a great opportunity to win the game but that's the key if tampa gets on that board in that first 10 and they're coming out hard uh, Islanders will be on their heels for a lot of the game. It's funny you brought up the take the crowd out of it. And when the Leafs are in Ottawa, they always joke about the Ottawa needing to score first to take the crowd out of it. Anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that sore <laughs> spot alone. Uh, <laughs> those are the picks. Now go make yours at sportsinteraction.com slash volume of thought. Sports Interaction, providing competitive odds on all sports. All right, take for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go three for three. I'll find out uh, which contract Mark Mathot would like to get rid of of the Ottawa Senators. You're watching the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. All right, welcome back to the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Just a reminder, head in to see them at 555 Dealership Drive in Barhaven. They are paying top dollar on their trade-ins, no obligation to purchase. All right, time now for three for three, presented by Faces Magazine. Check out the latest articles, and including on our friend Jean-Gabriel Pajot uh, and more at facesmag.ca. All right, Meth, here we go. Number one, 
I want you to redraft the top four of the 2018 draft. Just the top four. You don't have to include like Quinn Hughes' draft later. Number one, Rasmus Sandin. Number two was Andre Svechnikov. Three, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. And four, Brady Kachuk. Do they stay the same or do you mix them up? I literally flip them from four down to th- down to one. Wow. Simple really? as that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kotkaniemi, so- I thought, has emerged. I mean, I probably would have answered that a little differently midway through the season. But he's really emerged as a player. And this experience, to me at least, in my opinion, is priceless as a player. Being able to go on a run like this, it does worlds uh, for your confidence. So, yeah, just just flip the list. Darlene struggled. It's not his fault, probably. He was playing in Buffalo. It's a tough place right now to be. But the way that they have all performed, I have to be honest, and that would be the way I would structure it. And this is the reason why I did this question was because of how well Cockney has played in the postseason. But... Do you not think Rasmus Sandin, who has uh, almost a half a point a game, or I think a half a point a game in his in his career, uh, just Sandin is, is, or Darlene? Darlene. Okay. Rasmus yeah. Darlene, right? I, I he's got uh, 190, 107 points, 197 games. Yeah, I just I'm think not a f- be, because he's buried in Buffalo that he no one g- yeah. gives him the attention that he probably deserves, and if he's playing in Toronto, everybody's talking about an Norris Trophy. Sure. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean I'm exaggerating, you, but you know what I'm saying. If you watch him. If you watch him play defense, I mean, it's one thing to straddle the blue line and make some plays and get some to get some points and second yeah. assists, but it's another to actually be able to defend. And I, I haven't been impressed with his defensive ability at all. It's as simple as that. Interesting. I I don't know that I put Brady Kachuk first. I I understand. So Brady Kachuk and Andre Svechnikov are two different types of players for the most Absolutely. part. Absolutely. And so I'm not sure if Svechnikov is better, one, because he plays in Carolina, again, doesn't get the attention he probably deserves. But the kid can continue. He puts up points on a nightly basis. Well, Brady Kachuk's going to be averaging 25 to 30 goals and a potential captain. I mean, those are intangible qualities that I don't think you can exchange for any of those other players on that list. All right, Brady Kachuk at number one. I I mean, I can't really argue with that. We've watched him play. We, I mean, we see him on a nightly basis. We see all the stuff he brings to the table. Interesting. I'd like to know if we went back to the GMs, what they would pick. As number one now with that, I guess, the knowledge of what they've got now. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, this one is, I, I want to see your reaction. Which contract would you like to eliminate on the Senators? You got Colin White, 4.75 for the next four years. Evgeny Dadnoff, 5 million for the next two years. Nikita Zaitsev, 4.5 million for three more years. Or Matt Murray at 6.25 for the next three years. These are cap hits, by the oh, way, not, yeah. not dollars. That's a tough question because... I don't know if you can get rid of any of them right now. I know, uh, but you have the option of magically just making one of them disappear. Oh, I'm getting rid of dad enough right away. There's no question. I know he's only had a year. It might be an unfair thing, but we need goaltending and we need Murray to play well and we need him to find his game. So he's not moving. Um, Zaitsev is a fine player. He might be a bit of a, bit of a victim to his own, his own cap hit. And yeah. that's the only reason people sometimes might be a little disgruntled, but really... He finished off pretty well, played pretty strong, and he's a utility guy that can play a lot of minutes. So I'm not moving him around. I think it's Dad enough. Uh, Whitey just seems like a really nice guy that players want to be around. Again, another victim of his own cap hit. But I mean, Dad enough had no. I mean, didn't put up any points really. If you think about it, I know if you prorate it, it's not a terrible year. But I mean, you brought him in to, to anchor that power play to a degree. He's not performing. He's not a very big guy. He's not a game breaker. He exceeded very well under uh, in Florida when he was playing with Huberto, um, of course, at Barkov. 
Uh, I feel like I could put up 40 or 30 goals if I played with those two two players. That might be a stretch, though. In any case, I'm not being I'm not trying to lump on, on Daddy, but if if I'm going to answer your question yep. honestly, I'm getting rid of him. I agree. I just don't I, see I, a role. I don't see a role for him anymore on this I, team. I don't know where he. Like, I don't think he fits in the top two on the right side. So five yeah. million dollars to play in a third line spot just seems to be a little excessive. For a guy that doesn't produce on the power play. I'm with it's you on that. I can't believe we agree on something. So this <laughs> must be the summer's coming, and we're probably going to take a break from one another. All I right. Uh, final one. What would you rather do for charity? Shave your head, get a tattoo, eat some terrible food, or just write the check? I mean, they're all fun <laughs> things to do. And if you can raise some money doing it, great. I mean, I'm probably a little old school in that I just usually I write checks and usually I do them anonymously, but I can understand doing something publicly because it raises awareness and, you know, people want to chime in and have fun and donate money. You're doing everybody a, a big favor. So uh, for me, it's writing a check only because I'm a little more low key like that. I do know. I do know you do an awful lot for the community that people aren't aware of. So I will give you full props to that. Uh, that is three for three presented by Faces Magazine. Lots of great stories at facesmag.ca. Also follow them on Twitter at Faces Ottawa. New issue coming out next week featuring our good friend, Nick Paul on the cover. All right, time now to bring in our good friend, Craig. Guys, what's happening? Great to see you. What up, Craig? Hey, what's happening, boys? That was a fun little show. Zach Smith, oh, you guys talked about it already, but man, he's great. I like those longer ones you guys do with some of the older guys, not older guys, but where we get to hear some of the stories maybe we didn't get to hear at the time. So no, that's good stuff. That was, that was a good one, boys. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking to Zach Smith. No question. Yeah. It was a good uh, three for three as well. That last question, Brent, are we just going to gloss over the fact that you don't have hair? Like we should probably, we should probably <laughs> I know. At some I point was going to ask up. him, I was going to ask him, but I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get mad at me if I bring it up, if he was planning on doing some kind of unveiling. So I just, <laughs> you weren't going to bring So I, this is the rare time that you're going to have better hair than me. Like finally, uh, after I'll agree all this that. time, the, the TV hair. Wow. Gone. Look at that. Okay? Yeah. And because it's good. white, it can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just going to feel like looks a big nice. Yeah. It looks <laughs> I like it. So I got in the shower today and I used the same amount of hair, my Vidal Sassoon or whatever. And I just had this big clump of shampoo in my head. I didn't need, I'm going to save a ton of money on shampoo. How weird oh, yeah, is it to like run your fingers through it and stuff? Is it weird? It's not bad. Okay. No, I don't, I don't actually, I like it. I don't have, to, but I can't see it. So I, I can't, I don't pay attention to it. So it doesn't bug me. I don't know how ridiculous I really look to other people, but to me, I can't tell. So it's fine. Do you want to catch everybody up on why you did it? Sure. You, you, you have a video too. We can, we'll pop that in too. If <laughs> so, all right. So first of all, uh, our good friend, Chris Hoffley works for the Ottawa Red Blacks. He one time just said, Hey, listen, if I can raise some money for Chio, I'm going to shave my head. So uh, he wanted a thousand bucks and I saw it. So I quickly gave him uh, 25 bucks to get it started. And then I was like, later, if you need anybody, let me know. And so he called me back and said, Hey, we need you to come in. Uh, so for 180 grand, I was in to shave my head. And then for 200, it was Catherine Dines, Catherine Dines. And for, uh, I think 75 was Matt Scooby. There's lots of guys that, and girls that uh, offered up to do whatever. So uh, we got to 115 and I'm like, all right, I got lots of time. Like this is never going to happen. We may not even ever get to 200. And then one guy dropped a hundred grand the next day. I was like, oh, but in the meantime, I forgot that Matt and I agreed to do something and I forgot all about it. And so I had to wait to get that done. So yesterday I go see my good friend, Frank, who's cut my hair for 23 years. I go to his house and I get him to take care of me because no one's touching this head, regardless of how bad the hair looks. Uh, 
And he's a little disappointed to do it because one, he wants the money from the haircuts he's not getting for the next six months, wherever long this takes to grow back. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's fun. I, I quite liked it. It's easy. And uh, I'm glad that they raised $236,000, I think, for, for Chio, which was phenomenal. So nice. uh, the We Love Chio campaign was amazing. Perfect. Well, I'm not going to pass up this opportunity to have let everyone watch you get your head shaved. So we're going to insert that into the show right now. <laughs> we don't need to see this. Hey, everybody. Uh, just getting back to finishing up on my bet. And that is after you raise $180,000, this comes off. It's the longest I've ever had. It's about to go to the shortest I've ever had. And I'm only using one guy to do that. This is Frank, the only guy that's cut my hair in the last 23 years. And he's still going to be the only guy, depending on how short this gets. Anyway, uh, he's going on vacation. This is a perfect time. Frank, uh, take it off. Thank you. <laughs> I used to have great TV hair. <laughs> but it looks good too, this one, you know. Yeah, it's the summer. It's summertime, you know. It grows back, right? It sure does. That's how we rely on money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is free? Uh, yes. <laughs> Till the camera is off. And then... <laughs> it's a good thing I can't see this. That's, you're not kidding. I, I, I'm thinking this might be your new look. <laughs> My daughter is terrified. Brooke is terrified. No. Yeah. She doesn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> I've never seen this. It's never been this short. Well, thinking of it this way, the size has been this short. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. I can save on shampoo. Oh, you are? Well, then I'll leave the rest. <laughs> <laughs> when do you, so when do you get to open? Are you open, like they had... Nobody knows. They're saying, oh, you know, uh, oh, we heard they're going to open earlier on, on June uh, 30th. Uh... So it's still way back. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, are you stage two? Uh, stage two? Uh, yes. Yes, we are, I think. So we're supposed, to... they're saying July 2nd was the date. Right, now they've moved it to the 30th, apparently. Yeah, we got two okay. extra days, everybody's happy. Okay. Yeah, that makes a big difference. It sure does. Get that July 1st crowd. <laughs> Wait, they should just leave it for July 5th. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, everybody can enjoy their Canada Day, right? Well, I'm enjoying my haircut. Is it done? Uh, just have a few little things. Excuse me, I'm out. Well, there you have it. To all the people that donated to the Chio Foundation Fund, uh, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy the new look. <laughs> okay. Anyways, that was great. I love that, dude. You're, uh, we can talk about how amazing your barber is, by the way. <laughs> that dude's that dude's Frank is a legend. Awesome. There. Yeah, he's a I'm... biker and he's an awesome. He's anyway. He's cut my hair for like twenty. He's like my buddy. When I would be on the road, and I'm like Frank. I got to come back and I need you on Tuesday, or whatever. We would set up a time. He, I have him on speed dial. Yeah, he was a yeah, important guy. He's all, he's that a, is not what I pictured your barber to look like, by the way. In my head, when you said, like, oh, I've had the same guy for 30 years or whatever, yeah. I was like, that I did not picture that guy. <laughs> so I oh, can like, never retire. 
Go nice see little, Frank at K Hair Lounge. Yeah, nice little reveal there. Okay, uh, we got some stuff to give away. Um, and actually, we, oh yeah, you should cover that. <laughs> we uh, so we're gonna go all the way back to the Connor Brown episode, which was last Friday, I think. Um, uh, we got a brand new prize to give away uh, from GongShow.com. They hooked us up. It's their puck luck game set. So check it out. It's a blast. Take it anywhere, cottage, beach, backyard, parking lots, buddy's place, wherever. Um, full set comes with two shooting pads, eight rubber pucks, two targets, as well as the rules for scoring. It is a pretty sweet prize, and we got one to give away. Uh, the question we asked was, who passed Connor Brown by a single point for the most points uh, for the Erie Otters in a season with 129? The answer, Dylan Strom, uh, shout out to at dbozzy31, Daniel uh, Bossomworth on Twitter. You just scored yourself one of these sweet puck luck uh, games from Go our buddies at Gong Show. Uh, these are pretty sweet. Have, have you guys messed around with this one yet, Brent? Are you uh, still on I the sauce off? I got the sauce off, yeah, and so uh, I'm not doing well. Like I know this may come <laughs> as a shock to both of you, but it's not going well. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this one seems pretty cool. I was, uh, we, we showed a little bit of clips there of kind of what it does and stuff. But, yeah, that's a decent prize. So, Daniel, uh, keep an eye on your uh, DMs because we're going to reach out to you shortly. So, we got another one to give away, actually. Another uh, another sweet prize. This one's coming from uh, our friends at Bonesaw, Sosco. Uh, we got a prize pack from them to give away. Uh, let me. I'm going to read it like Brett writes it, I think. Bringing the heat <laughs> to hot sauce. So our question for today, if you watch the Zach, interview, uh, Zach Smith interview, one thing that came up is that dude scored a bunch of shorthanded goals. How many has he scored in his career? That's the, today's question. So if you know the answer to that, uh, hit us on Twitter with the hashtag Wally and Mathot and be sure to tag at bonesawsauceco.com and we're going to uh, reveal the winner uh, on our show next week whenever we do a full show. I think probably Thursday or Friday again. So keep an eye on that <laughs> I'll one. i figure that out. Um, uh, yeah, at some point. All right. Uh... I, I will have to, one of these days, Matt, I want us to do uh, a hot sauce tasting thing and see uh, how bad it gets for me. Yeah, I'm down. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm using it every night. So I've got my practice under my belt, but I, uh, no, I, it's a really good product. I'm a huge fan. I put, I use it every morning and even in the evenings. Uh, so if you want to set that up, Wally, I'm, I'm game. Yeah, I just feel I'll be curled in the corner like a baby in the fetal position Maybe. at some point. Maybe. Um, be before we go, just want to give a huge shout out to Brad Sinopoli, who played nine seasons in the CFL, of course, who's a member of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, he announced his retirement on Wednesday. Uh, the, the guy could just flat out ball, right? Two-time Stanley, uh, two Stanley Cup, two-time Grey Cup champion, twice named uh, Outstanding Canadian, CFL All-Star in 2018, moves on to become an ambassador with Oseg, and of course, uh, he'll continue to be a fixture in the community. Brad Snopley, congratulations on a great career and enjoy your retirement. Guys, that is the show once again. Uh, you can go to uh, shop.wallymathot.com if you want to pick up some t-shirts or mugs. We will see you again later this week. Uh, Meth, enjoy the time off. Maybe comb your hair. And uh, we will uh, drive on out of here. You're watching the Wallymathot Show, powered by Bar Avon Ford. See you next time. Hey, boys. See you guys.